Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Terrace Podcast. My name is Craig Kearns and I will be coming down the road. Joining me tonight is a man that's just watched his nation qualify for an international tournament. It's Craig Anderson. Hello! And another man who's just watched his team qualify for an international tournament is Tom Watt. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. Apologies, apologies to the um, people whose like, ears have just been exploded open, but... It's worth it. it, it only, I, I only show these kind of signs of exuberance once every 22 years. <laughs> and uh, I think tonight's worthwhile. I was there when we beat Latvia and I was uh, seven years old, that's eight years old when we beat Latvia. So it's been a long time coming. It certainly has. I mean, how, how did you find that? How was your overall experience of that, Craig? Oh, for the first like it was it was an exceptional performance for 89 minutes like and so I was relatively calm I was I was pacing up until about 86 minutes and then um, yeah I started kind of getting a bit worked up and then as soon as um, as soon as they scored I was kind of slumped I was like right this is this is not happening and, and you see the team that's left on the park at the end that's not a team that's going to get as a goal and I'm like this is not this is not happening and then oh, my, I feel sorry for my seven week old daughter who was upstairs and I think had probably just gone to sleep because um, I probably woke up all the babies in the kind of 20 mile radius when, when uh, Marshall <laughs> saved that penalty and what about you Tom? Um, I think it, like, it, it was a proper experience it was I, I feel I feel moved. I feel a different person to who I was a couple of hours ago. I I've never seen Scotland do that. I've never seen us. I I, I am old enough to remember just qualifying for ninety two. I'm old enough to remember ninety six and ninety eight. Um, and it was it was there were moments that we hung on and I felt like for the for the most for the majority of, of the game I felt like we were either very competitive, we were in it, we were on top, or we were ahead. And from the point that we got ahead, I started getting carried away in a way that you should never do as a Scotland fan. And then um Serbia equalised and I realised it was all it all it all gone wrong it all gone to shit it was it was done we were out there was I, no was, I was getting ready to come that. on and apologise to the nation because with about three minutes to go I put in the group chat I can't believe how shite Serbia are with a laughing um, emoji uh, yeah, it, I, I, they went I, up I, the park I, got a corner and equalised and um, they were shite though Craig they were I'm thinking back to the last, like the entire group of teams that Scotland played. They were worse than any of the teams in that group, with the exception of San Marino. They were worse than Kazakhstan. They were worse than um, 
Cyprus, the, the, the worst team Scotland have played in two years with the exception of San Marino. And maybe partly that's down to us, but a lot of it I don't think is. I think they're just not very good. So I, I think people were, were overhyping them for a while anyway. And they say, I, I think I said after we beat Israel, there's a reason Serbia are playing this Nations League C playoff think, final against us. And, and I think there's it. a tendency, and I do this myself, I think there's a tendency to base your opinion on a nation of what your kind of recent memories are whether that be the last tournament they were in or something like that I think that can that can kind of a lot of people make that their opinion of, of the team yeah but really when you looked at their form it was it was terrible they they had barely won at home in a long time and that was narrowly to uh, sorry they'd won one in like six at home or something like that and that was narrowly to Luxembourg or something along those lines but yeah for the, for the whole um for the whole extra time, I, was, I had like sweaty palms and I was up and down out of my seat. I was just on the edge of it the, the whole time. And then for penalties, that was just that was just a whole Torture. other ball game. Yeah, it was it was Torture. it was actually hard. There were points with the Scotland national team where I couldn't care less under Strachan and stuff. There were points where I just had no investment in it whatsoever. But that is the most I've been invested in a game in a long, long time. I think I, I think to to, to that point. They they care, mm-hmm. like they care. You could see that with you could see that in you can see that in every interview that has been given over the last um, the last year or so. Whether it's Andy Robertson or whether it's you know Ryan Fraser, whether it's Andy Constantine, like Ryan Fraser tonight was every fan in Scotland. He was emotional. He was kind of surprised, Christy. proud. Christy, you mean? Yeah, yeah. sorry, uh, Ryan Christie, Yeah, exactly. Like he he was. He was every fan in the country. Like we've all had a drink. We, we've all we, we're all burst. We're all burst. We did not expect that to happen. But, but for con- for context, made it we're, got, we're recording this what twenty minutes after the game's finished. Yeah, we are all literally like we are. We're all sweatier than Ollie McBurney was. Anyway, we're all like, we've all put in, we've all put in more hours. But, uh, a cheap shot that was a cheap he's shot he's scored a, he scored penalty, a fucking yeah, yeah. amazing penalty but, um, how many years thought that if anybody that was going to miss it was going to be him as he stepped up to take his penalty were you guys like me thinking if anybody's going to miss it's probably going to be this guy and honestly yeah. like I've got no hate for Ollie McBurney he came on at a time when we took Dykes off and Dykes was Dykes was knackered so, so McBurney had to come on this, this podcast got absolutely no structure but that's fine Dykes came on don't care and and we at the same time or just round about the same time we also took off essentially Christie and McGinn who are the two players supporting and brought on Patterson and McLean who are not going to do that so McBurney was left with 50 yards of space round about him so I don't necessarily blame him for, for the performance I think he was, he was poor when he came on but he scores his penalty that's all he needs to do and so I guess it's not the time um, for that I think I think he has something to offer yeah. but even at the start of extra time, there, we started the better team for the first couple of minutes. We had the ball uh, for a decent spell. And then f- for the rest of it, it was all Serbia. But it came from, it started from like a horrendous touch from Ollie McBurney. Like that's what kind of gave them the impetus. And then they just kept the pressure on us. Well, for the rest of that um, first half anyway. And I know that we had like plenty times to reset and all that kind of stuff. It sounds like I'm picking on all of the McBurney. I'm really not, mate. We're not we're not trying to pick any villains tonight. No, it, it was unlucky. I mean, it, for so many reasons. I, like Again, don't want to highlight the negatives, but let's get them out of the way. I, I think like Scott McTominay has to do better for their equalising goal. Like it is literally a free header in the six yard box. Just the and time as, a result, as well. The time of, of allowing that to happen. Fuck you sake. Just like you, we, we have one more moment. One more play. Yeah, exactly. I, I've sounded all that. American now. Uh, and you deal with that and the substitutions, I mean, they don't look inspired, but they run down the clock. They kill the game. You know, they the, it replaces players who had run themselves into the ground and who'd been brilliant and no one has any kind of comment on it after that at all that was I a team to see out the game and then once you get exactly. into and then once you get into um, extra time you're hamstrung you're, 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 you're we still tried to create chances to win the game when we the few opportunities we had but um, we, we didn't really have a team on the park at that point to kind of we, hurt we, them we might as well have taken Callum Patterson off at full time we might as well have given him the shortest uh, international appearance because I, well, he covered it right back because, towards the end, so he had yeah, his yeah, use yeah, there. No, it, made, it made sense, but but O'Donnell, O'Donnell was much better than Patterson had been because O'Donnell 
I think probably had his best game for Scotland there. Um, he, he didn't. He, didn't, he maybe one or two moments where, where he let people in. But but they, I'm going to go get another player. beer. Just keep talking. No worry. The eleven players that started that game to, to a man were exceptional throughout the game. Okay, McTominay makes a mistake, but you look at the the quality of those performances. Like Callum McGregor, I've been critical of how he's played from Scot for Scotland. I thought he was excellent tonight. Every single time. Um, Serbia got forward he was plugging the gaps and, and he did do things going forward and special mentions to, to the guys at either end of the park uh, Livingston Football Club have, um, we've got a lot to thank them for because <laughs> Lyndon Dykes and Declan Gallagher were exceptional how much do we love Lyndon Dykes it's just Lit- the oh. performance that there's not been many better how long see the interview the other day it was amazing but James McFadden interviewed Lyndon Dykes and it was brilliant on the BBC and um I was thinking about it. Obviously, they're like completely different players in terms of like completely different forwards. But um, when was the last time we had somebody with like James McFadden's kind of attitude and swagger in our team? He's a we've man, missed that, isn't it? I'm not saying that's the reason we've qualified right. I mean, it's just he's a he's just kind of great to have. That. And I was I was thinking about listening to that interview. When was the last time we kind of had somebody like that with that kind of swagger? I think I think you know, it's it's a stereotype, but I think there is a bit of the fact that he's is that Australian attitude because. I watched Australia play football a lot when I was over there, and they were terrible. They've, they've, they've got very few, like like London Dykes would, would very much fit well into they're the like team. They're like athletes first, aren't they? Yeah, they're athletes, but also their yeah. attitude and, and the attitude of that nation in sport is about winning. They they breed winners over there, and we we've got some really good players, and we saw that tonight. But sometimes the attitude can be, and I don't want to say it in a bad way. It's, it, we we have had for a long time, and I've talked about this before a losers mentality. And the biggest thing that Steve Clark has done, yeah, and, and I do think London Dykes a part of that is has been bringing in a, a better mentality to the squad. And what you saw there is guys like Gallagher. Um, he just wants to win, and mm. Alexander Mitrovic, like people have been shitting themselves all week about him. He never had a sniff against yeah. Gallagher. Gallagher was tremendous, and I was swithering on on the team. There was two positions that I wasn't sure about. I thought the other nine that the played were going to left play. centre back and the second striker. Yeah. No, no, no! Um, in the middle, Gallagher's position and oh, I thought um, I thought Gallagher was a stick on. I, I'd well, said that I'd said that the other week because um, after the last game, Clark had said um, in his post-match interview, Gallagher hasn't lost the game yet. Five games hasn't lost yet, and I thought he's he's playing the next game. He's not dropping him. He's not I, dropping I think, him after I saying think, that. Surely, if you say right, who's the, who's the best of players? Um, you got Gallagher, McKenna, and Cooper. I think you put Gallagher forward in that list. But you you saw what he brings to the team, and then the other one that I thought would go differently, but but ultimately paid off. Is I thought Armstrong would have played ahead of Christie, but Christie was very good. That's the one and, I wasn't and, sure about. That in the left centre back. Yeah, I mean, was- I, I I kind of thought he would go with Tierney because I mean Tierney's just clearly and, and, and a better and it was, player. Yeah, I thought Tierney Tierney um, proved them right there, and, and Tierney played very well. His height was something I was slightly worried about, but he. He had an excellent game because what you saw was the amount of triangles with Tierney, McGregor, and Robertson really got us up with Park really well. Um, Robertson, Robertson, I, I've said it a long time. I think people are critical of his performances for Scotland, but he's a captain, and you have seen captains' performances from him. You see him driving the team forward, um, and he did that again tonight. I think it was a bit passive towards the end of the game, but that's natural, I think. But you saw a lot from Andy Robertson is, is to see that he's a winner even at the end of the game and, and maybe it was the wrong thing to be doing he was trying like we had a throw in with 30 seconds to go in extra time and he was still trying to get us up the park to score <laughs> um, and that's because he, he again he's a winner Yeah, and, he maybe and should have scored himself though that. there is a lot to be said for that with, with changing the mentality of the squad and I I have a genuine belief now that, that we can go and get through that group as well we played yeah, yeah. we played Czech Republic at Hamden a month ago, and and yeah, they were probably better than us, but they they didn't match us for attitude. Anybody's <laughs> going to get us a victory against or a result against England, it's going to be Steve Clark. I think I mean he deserves so much credit. I, I, I think from the lineup, I mean it would have been easy to stick with a settled defence. It would have been easy to say, and I. I kind of thought he would. I thought every single, I thought the the defense was the best part of the previous performances. I thought even though you have Kieran Tierney, I thought he would stick with it. It sounds daft to say that um, it was a bit of a risk bringing him back in, but 
He's not played the vast majority of his career as a left centre-back, even though he's been playing regularly for Arsenal. And he certainly hasn't been playing there as a left centre-back in a Scotland team that also contains a, a defender who's not a natural defender. Um, you know, but credit to him, he, 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 he played like that. And the other one that was a big worry was I like Ryan Fraser being such a miss because of what he gives with... Uh, he kind of defines the way that we, we play going forward like him and Dykes were in in many ways it's big man little man but they're, yeah. they're so he's like your X factor so wasn't good. he yeah, the, yeah one of them is uh, one of them picks up scraps and is direct and can do the outrageous the other is incredibly strong wins things and they don't necessarily link up but the two of them bring everybody into the game so we we had to change and Christie's not that kind of player but I thought he was like he was magnificent. But we got McGinn closer to Dykes as well, and yeah. Dykes was still brilliant at winning those feel, knockdowns and stuff. It did feel at times like it was more of a, a, a five two three, I guess, and sometimes it was a five three two. If you want him, I don't think it's the time to be tactical, to be honest. But but Christie mm-hmm. and McGinn did both get far forward, and and actually it was starting to concern me. We grew into that game so much that just before half time in the game both the left and the right hand centre half like McTominay and Tierney were, were driving forward and you're thinking like we're leaving like De- Declan Gallagher and um, Jack and McGregor against their entire attack at this point because I I think I've been I had been critical of um, the three at the back that Clark was playing but I think you, you're starting to see exactly why it's good because it's you've got players in the middle of the park you've got Jack and McGregor both of whom are comfortable going out to the wing-back position. So they're both comfortable essentially becoming extra defenders and allowing O'Donnell and um, Robertson to play as wingers. And you saw that, like, you, you've seen it throughout the, the whole thing, O'Donnell, and, and I looked at it after the last set of games, and O'Donnell's average position um, on the park um, was higher up the park than any of the midfielders. So O'Donnell was essentially... You saw that, like, the he, chance we had in the first half, he sprints to... Almost, he's almost at the D where he kind of goes down claiming a foul yeah yeah, yeah and, and and that's it because there is absolutely no doubt in it and um, a, a guy who I, I think was incredible actually underrated by by Kelly fans and a lot of other people when he played for us but you saw him playing for Scotland he like, looked he's so out of his depth not that long ago yeah not and too long ago as well what, what you've seen is Clark has actually said look I know what you can do and what you can't do and he's not a good defender at this level he, he, he's passable at Scottish Premiership level but as an attacker, the energy and the attitude he has again, talk about attitude again. O'Donnell, that Israel game summed it up for me. He he had a torrid time defensively. Yeah. But in the hundred and eighteenth minute of the game, he's still barging up the park. He, he doesn't get faced by anything. And you saw that again. He's a bit of a, a battering ram at times, but I think he covers his back post well as well. And I thought he did that a few times tonight. He's yeah. uh, He's good at that. I know he's not the best. I know what you're saying. He's not the best defender, but I still think he's good at getting back and uh, and covering and his back post. It's, it's, it's wild to, to say that this is this is now probably the team that started tonight. You would be struggling to say that there was anyone that you would bring into that team for the, the opening game of the Euros. I know there's a lot of stuff to happen in between then, but but who are you going to? I mean, Fraser is, yeah, is maybe one the obvious and, one, and, yeah. And I do I do think um, Gilmore is is such an exceptional player that I fully expect him to be in the Euro squad if he if he. Gets his fitness we, back. We're in the fucking he's, Euros. He's, We've got to pick a yeah, squad. That's, it's not even like, sunk in yet. Oh, the, like what, the thought what, that we. What, how should we line up on the exactly. first of the Euros? The fact <laughs> that we get the fact that we get to take two or three players that might not play, but would be good to get them in tournament experience and all this yeah. kind of stuff. It's not even sunk in. <laughs> like, like I've got tickets for for uh, again. We've got no structure here, but we, we make no apologies for this. It doesn't matter. Uh, Just keep no, going with it, man. I've got I've got tickets for for all the games at Hamden and. It's like now. Now I am in. I've always been invested in the push for a for a, a universal vaccine. But fuck me, we need to. I need to be at Hamden. <laughs> I need to be at Hamden for these games. Um, I I will accept if you don't let me go to Wembley. But I need to be at Hamden for these games because is it's been what my life watching football has built up to. Yeah, I I, I, I get it. I mean. The last time Scotland were at, a, like, I am 
know, disclaimer, I'm a bit older than everybody else. But the last time I was, I saw Scotland. I'm here. I, I, I'm here, so, uh, Tom. Remember? I, I'm, I'm still. I'm. I'm. I'm still. I believe a little older than okay, right. <laughs> it can't um, be much. It can't be the much. Last... No, but enough that um, enough that I was allowed to uh, enough that I had cans last time there was Scotland for an international right, tournament. Okay, well, I was drinking and I shouldn't have been. We were. Uh, well, I was, it was like my, fifteen it was, or something. It was my last year at school, so I should probably not. Have, I should definitely not have been either. But it was my my sixth year at school, and I. I, I Kind of, even though you, even though I was, even though I wasn't that much, there's not a huge difference. I grew up with Scotland being very good, not necessarily qualifying for things because it was really hard to qualify for things. But when it started happening, like right, we're good, we're gonna get, and there was no, there was no idea. Like Craig Brown was fired because we were boring. And we, na- we we narrowly missed out in 2000, and and we lost a couple of games and, uh, and dropped points where we shouldn't have. Daniel Van Buiten, quite exactly. I think tonight there was actually. never any kind of idea that there would be. St- you know, everybody's seen the list of the dross that has not qualified for tournaments. We're at a tournament. We're 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 going to do pods in the next year about should they be included in Scotland's Euro 2020, technically 2021, um, 20, whatever, 23-man 20, squad, 25-man squad. Uh, that's, that's, that, like, there is an entire, never mind an entire generation of fans, there are an entire generation of players who the vast majority of the Scotland squad at the moment will have very few recollections whatsoever of yeah. what it was like for Scotland that, to be the, at a major tournament. The main thing for me is like we, we have now avoided the, which would have definitely happened if we'd gone on to another campaign, having a player play for Scotland who wasn't born when we um, played in France 98. We've now avoided, well, I mean, it might still happen, but we've not had anyone born yet who was born... I think who played after France '98, but it was very close a few times, and so I am I am delighted that we have avoided that particular milestone. <laughs> um, it's just yeah, it's as I say, like I was in I was in floods of tears genuinely um, at, yeah. at that tonight. We had to compose ourselves a bit be- before we came on, and it's as I say, it's what it's what I've been building up for. I've I've been at so many of these games, the, the disappointments, and and you know, obviously I was there at, um, at the Italy game. Sorry, I'm sounding like a, a drunk because I'm. Listen, man, I'm, I'm too I'm too drunk to host this podcast. I'll be honest. I was watching that Serbia game. I was watch. Uh, sorry, the the Netherlands game. I was watching the Slovenia game, and all of that's been building up to this. You knew it was going to happen at some point. So it's it's not you know I I, I never thought we're never going to qualify yeah, for that at some point exactly yeah. But, but you're like at some point this is going to you know go badly and and. Oh, sorry, it's at some point this is going to happen, but the, the longer it goes on, you're like, do you know what? Like, am I ever going to appreciate this ever again? But we were always a team that should have been. It's not like when you looked at that list of teams that hadn't, and it's all um, Andorras and Moldovas and all that kind of stuff, then we're, we know we're better than those teams. We've just choked so many fucking times before. Yeah. It's just we, we've had it in our hands and blown it. And it's usually been away to Georgia or a draw in Estonia or something along those lines that's uh, that's tripped us up but right, let's, let's talk about the game a wee bit um, yeah. some of the specifics from the game um, I, I don't want to put any structure into the podcast by the way because I think it's still going the, uh, well the way it is but um, there's a few specific things I want to kind of go through so first of all what do you think about the Serbia approach because when I first saw it I thought they're really sitting off us and there was um, chat about us playing a high line or whatever but um I don't think it just looked like that we were naturally pushing forward because we were just having so much of the ball and they they were weirdly sitting so deep and I think I gave them too much credit uh, when I put in the group chat that I said yeah. are, are they trying to tease us out or something like that or like kind of lull us into a false sense of security before absolutely kicking the shit out of us or something but no they, they, there was no point where they kind of picked us off they had that uh, chance in the first half where they shot wide which I think was the best chance in the game up to the point but even up to that point but even still it wasn't like a guilty edge chance or anything and we had the McGinn one shortly after but yeah I, I was really surprised by the Serbia approach 
I think uh, I, I was the same. I mean, by, by no stretch would I claim to have any kind of knowledge of, of Serbian football, but you look at the squad and they've got guys that are playing for, you know, Inter and Fiorentina and Real Madrid and, you know, even guys that we know like um, Mitrovic playing at, at, at Fulham is, is one of their better players and Tadic at, at Ajax. Like the, the, the level that the players that they have in the squad is fairly scary. It's fairly fearsome. Well, especially that front three. I mean, you look at, I yeah. know Mitrovic, uh, Mitrovic doesn't play at the highest level. He's not playing for an elite club or anything, but his scoring record at international record level. At international level is incredible. I mean, his record, his record, to be fair, his record at club level for a team that has bobbed between championship and premiership is is very good. Um, and he fits the way that they play very well. I, I think if you look through the squad, I, I, it's fairly fearsome, and I think we all kind of thought. Or, I mean, I'm I'm speaking for everybody, but certainly for myself. You look at the squad, and you think they're good. They have a lot of good footballers. There's a lot in this. Yes, results might not have been what they would have hoped, but there are an awful lot of good footballers in this. And tactically, they look naive. They look. They. I think partly a huge credit to Scotland that we we kind of took the momentum to them and they defensively they looked incredibly ropey yeah they were but um, they were they were makeshift at the back they, they, they I, were I, but I, even even the makeshift defensively I mean even the guys you're you're talking about playing are still playing at a, uh, the guy at right centre half is a first pick he's he's really good uh, it begins with M I forget the name sorry but um, I, I the guy in the first the guy in the centre wasn't first pick I don't think the other Mitrovic and the guy that was playing left centre back the guy for Sevilla he's a midfielder so he was filling but he was a handy player though it sounded like uh, every time I thought it was a, it was a tribute to London Dykes that Ian Crocker was giving out because he kept saying good day um, <laughs> But but no, the thing was that I remember back to the last World Cup and, and I was actually quite impressed with Serbia at the last World Cup. I think they were quite unlucky. They beat Costa Rica and they had a game against Switzerland where I think they should have won the game and, and they ended up um they ended up losing. I think it was quite a controversial decision quite near the end. And and but since then it seems to have gone very badly for them. And their performance tonight reminded me of so many Scotland away performances. Mm. And and they're at home. Um, but it reminded me of it in the sense of like it was yeah there, there was no fluidity to it they they looked like they were almost going out to lose and yeah they, if that finishes one 0 to Scotland that's one of the worst um, home international performances I've watched in a long time yeah. yeah yeah and and it was yeah it was passive and and I think Graham said that um, I think half time I read that half time because I wasn't I wasn't watching um, any of the, the so I wasn't looking at the chat in the first half but Graham said at half time I think like this is this is not what we we expected and I was saying that like, it was the exact opposite of what I expected if you swapped the shirts around it's exactly how I would have expected the game yeah, to go yeah. but I think what you saw from them is, is a team that was very badly managed and a group of individuals and not a team because they had their big names and, and again people were talking about Milankovic Savic I'm pretty sure he didn't start the Norway game he came um, off the bench and scored twice yeah, came, um, and, and, yeah, you see that second finish impact. I didn't but, see it until today that second oh. finish against Norway holy shit it was just a wee dink it was beautiful but but he did nothing in the game. No, he none didn't. of the none of the danger and, and I was their three funny. their front three were the danger men. Um and we kept all of them quiet. They, they did nothing in that game. Even was, even an extra time, they did nothing. I was most worried about Tadic because I think he's 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 an excellent player and the amount of teams I've seen him play for Ajax and, and have an impact even in the Champions League like a week ago. Well we were talking about him not that long ago, Craig, and he's one of the few players that the keep gave a ten out of ten performance to. Remember we were talking about that? We did talk about it. you can you can have 11, 10 out of tens for Scotland tonight. So um, fair play. I hope I hope we keep we're watching Declan <laughs> tonight. Um, but uh, yeah, there, there's just he was the one I was worried about, but but none of the three of them had an impact in the game. And, and again, partly that comes down to Clark because I think for all the criticism, I think was fairly directed at Clark for the start of his reign. We are eight games unbeaten now. And yeah, fucking yeah, I know it's yeah. mad. <laughs> we've ridden our luck in some of them, but tonight yeah. was the opposite of that. It Do you think like, we'll just go out against Scuddy at the weekend? They'll just be like, "Fuck this!" Or we just need a wee bit of a. We just need. <laughs> we, need we need to lose kind of clean, go through the motions for a game. Yeah, it's indie. like yeah. Dykes just take the take the day off and a few others as well. Surely McGregor's not going to play after 120 minutes, and he plays every minute for Celtic as well but it felt it felt like a game where, because they were all over the place after we scored and it felt like a game that if we scored 
immediately after um, the first goal, we could have won five 0 Like they were that much of a mess. It reminded like like us against Norway in that infamous game in Oslo with the Caldwell brothers, but that then never materialised. We st- I think we stopped trying to score with about 20 minutes to go and, and that was probably a mistake um, just, just in terms of like we would get into the final third and then it was almost like now nah, let's just keep the ball and you understand that but they were there to, to be beaten much more easily and much more um, calmly than what we did but but I guess it, it's, it's kind of trite and cliched to say that's Scotland but it is. How many times do we ever comfortably see out a game Um and, and, and my heart could have certainly done without that extra 45 minutes or whatever it was yeah <laughs> there was a friend of mine tweeted something like that was the most Scot- Scotland way ever to qualify and I think I think that's true I think like being on the verge fucking it but then still somehow managing to scrape through I think that that is very very Scotland yeah the, the most Scotland way to be involved in these games is not to qualify it's not it's to it's to it's to do come on now what, Tom it's to lose not it's tonight to lose, not it's, well this, this is this is what sort of like if I could distill the entire joy of tonight into a single paragraph it's that this is the way Scotland failed to qualify this is the way that Scotland failed to get through Scotland failed to get through groups despite being unbeaten Scotland failed to qualify despite <laughs> beating the team home and away that wins and get and like that wins the group Scotland lose to the team that were bottom of the like the, the sixth seed and are shite and they miss out by a, a, a point this is how Scotland go out and if there's a way for Scotland to go out it would be to concede in the last minute to a free header when all we needed to do is pick up the man and then we lose on penalties that is the way that Scotland should to all intents and purposes over the entire narrative of Scottish football <laughs> that is the way we should go out and we fucking didn't we fucking didn't we won the game and we are not out and we are going to the Euros in the most in many ways the most unlikely scenario but also the you've got to put the fans through the ringer and like you know like we've said we're we're talking about this game maybe now 45 minutes after after the final score I am ringing in sweat but you, still the players have obviously been through the ringer as well we've singled out a few people uh, already uh, Christy was mentioned earlier but we haven't spoken about his goal and he deserves a lot of credit also I think his interview kind of summed up how the nation was feeling after that, I think, at the end of that game. But not only that, he has been... He's been a superstar for Scotland. I'm going to say it. He's been a superstar. He's not like... Um, he, he's not kind of like a standout talisman or he's not like... Uh, you know how some international teams have a bail or something like that. He's, he's not like quite that level or anything like that. But he has been one of our standout performers. And not only that, he's just been a... He just seems like a consummate professional who's just, from a very young age, had his head down and he's had a great mentor, obviously, and his father. But he he's, he's just like a guy that's just really worked hard and is, I don't know, it, it, that goal was unbelievable. It was, it took everybody by surprise. I don't think anybody saw him turning and just slotting that one in the bottom corner. Well, I think, yeah, the, the, the goalkeeper included when you say he took people by surprise, but the goalkeeper as well as probably, I think I think you said, someone said not expecting a shot. If there's mm. going to be a shot, you expect it to go to the to the other, the other, the side, other side. Yeah. You expect him to try and open his foot up and curl it into the, the, right-hand, the right-hand side of the goalkeeper. What I just said a minute ago, by the way, was garbled nonsense and about four thoughts merged into one. No, that's no, how, mate, that's, how, much, that's it, how much it, I've it, had to drink. It, <laughs> I don't know if that says anything about my state. Makes, makes sense. We're on the same level. Um <laughs> But but no, you're you're right, and I think I think um, Christy, yeah, you saw that at full time, and, and people have I think unfairly levelled at Scotland players a lot recently that don't care. But I think you've seen plenty of times how much it means to so many of these guys. Yeah, sure, there are there are guys that turn up, and, and it's just a, it's just about a CV thing for them. But there are a number of guys in this squad who it means it means the world to, and and Christy's very much one of them. It would have been. I think it would have been better for him to have been the hero there and for for the game to finish. I mean, we we don't give a fuck at this point. But <laughs> David Marshall being the hero again is is entirely good for him. For a guy who, what what made his Scotland debut about sixteen years ago or something ridiculous like that. A guy who his career has almost um, you know it started on a high and it's probably going to finish on a high with a massive. I mean, that's not fair to say a massive dip in the middle, but it's. You know, well, how many appearances did he have before he won a game? Do do you know off the top of your head? Well, like David David Marshall for being a very good goalkeeper 
throughout, you know, for being a very good goalkeeper and playing at a pretty good level and being pretty good at every level that he's been, has like, I think 40 caps. I think tonight was his 40th cap. Um, he's had two very, very good goalkeepers ahead of him. Yeah, he's had to fight reasons. for that, yeah. And, and, they, and really, they're, they're probably still both better than him. Let, let's, let's be honest here in terms of... If, I don't if, know, man. The, the last, the few last Scotland appearances I've I've watched, he's really, really impressed me how good he's been. He's been, he's been imperious for us. He's, the, he's, uh, a, he's been a leader on, on the park in terms of... Like, that save, very, there was that save in extra time as well, by the yeah. way. Not just the, the penalty save, time. the save in extra time as well. Um yeah, I don't know. I, 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 that that, that I guy didn't. Totally, sorry, on you go. I, I think there, there there's something, whether it's true or not, but there's something about the like the likability of the entire Scotland squad at the moment that it, it's it's not necessarily guys who are have have. I mean, there are undoubtedly superstars, and 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 it's kind of stupid to say that there's not superstars when you've got like guys like you know Andy Robertson's obviously playing arguably the best left back in the world or certainly at club level the best left back in the world but there are so many players in the squad who I mean Craig you said and Craig Anderson said in, in the run-up that there is so much like narrative there's the, about who might be the one to win the game uh, who might be the one that the that, redemption that arc, yeah, it. the redemption, yeah, 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 McBurney and or whoever, yeah, yeah. There, there may not have been a redemption story in it, but there's so much around where they've got to in their career, and I think for someone like David Marshall, who started his career on a high, kind of like kicked around the the, the championship in England and and was good, had a couple of seasons in the Premier League and, and was good, but maybe never had the sustained stardom of McGregor and, and Gordon at different times deserves to be number one like he deserves to be number one his save in extra time was unbelievably good the penalty save was brilliant he got close to a couple of others I just think it, he look, he comes across as like a leader as well that. he just comes across as like I don't know I just got they, they a lot all, of time they, for the they guy. All, they all seem to. I mean, the the, the pictures you've seen tonight. They all the players. I, I mean, the interviews from the after the last game, after the Czech Republic game, went all seemed to be about how cohesive the unit was, how much they're bailing each other out, how much they actually feel like a unit, and that's entirely down to Steve Clark. But the fact that the goalkeeper feels like every single part of the team, and from the back outwards, feels like. Um, a key member of the squad where everybody is is pulling in the same direction feels like night and day from the last decade. Yeah, and I then, think that's totally true. Let's, let's put that in context in terms of Steve Clark. Like, they'll get a lot of the credit and deservedly so, but but you do have to give so much credit to the players, and it's the same thing with with Kelly. You know, he, he got all the credit deservedly for 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 what he did for for us as well. But he needed the players to buy in, and okay, he's got the ability to make them do that. But every single one of them has. You've seen every single interview how much, how committed they are to playing for Scotland, and it was the same with his Kelly squad. And it's it's for me. I think when he left Kelly for the Scotland job, I said, you know, he'd given me my club back essentially because Kelly went a bad way. The Scotland national team were in also in a bad way, and he's done that as well. And there has to be a um, not that I care about the honours list but but surely there's a candidate there because that's one of the biggest achievements you will see for um, for any one individual to do he has led Scotland. I believe that a former uh, Terrace podcast member Scott McClymont has uh, already tweeted something to that effect like probably a bit tongue in cheek it right was already sussed for the Kelly fans but that that He's taken a lot. He's taken a lot of stick. I think deservedly since he took over at Scotland, because I was not sure where he was going with it. He seemed a bit lost, but I think he's maybe weeded out a couple of bad eggs. And I think he has. Um, he's got a squad of players now that that want to do it for him. They buy into what he's doing. I think he's got a system that works. I don't think he's. I don't think Scotland are deviating away from this system. And he's for stuck a while. with it through the teeth and problems. Yeah, and that and that takes a lot of um, of bravery on his part because that you know. One penalty going differently in the the Israel game, he's probably he maybe wouldn't have been out of a job, but the, he would have lost essentially lost the entire um, crowd at that point. And now we just need to hope that no fucking English Premiership team comes looking for him. Well, we well, know the, the worry <laughs> is that he's, he's such a good coach. He's such such a you know 
just watching it, it totally going off track here but watching um, Inside Hearts last night because I'd not got around to it Austin McPhee's training sessions and what I've seen of Steve Clark's training sessions night and day Austin McPhee on the training ground looked like a child who had been put out there to kind of well he looks like he looked coach. like a coach that had been directed to do that by a manager yeah. that's what he looked like yeah yeah and and you see like every time I've heard anything about Steve Clark's training it seems to be assiduous it seems to be excellent He's obviously worked with the very best. Um, he's worked with Kenny Douglas, Jose Mourinho, and all the rest yep. of them. He's been played. He's played under some excellent managers. There was an interesting uh, interview in the Times last week. It might have been elsewhere, but I read it in the Times uh, with Kenny Douglas, and he was saying that Steve Clark isn't a defensive coach. He's actually has attacking instincts when it comes to setting up his team. But he says that the evidence that Scotland fans through Kilmarnock and. Uh, it's time with the national team is that he has this reputation of being a defensive coach but he's not naturally kind of a defensive coach he's just being pragmatic because of the resources he's had at both of those jobs I, I think people people who who watched Steve Clark's Kelly most of the people who weren't Kelly fans only saw the games against Rangers and Celtic where he inevitably set up defensively we generally won those games um, but there were plenty of performances where, where you would call it the fullest thing from defensive against lesser teams who we expected to beat I think we'll see that when he's um, you know in the next campaign for the, the Euros when we're, we know we've got lower seeds in the group I don't think he's going to set up and play the way we did or it might be closer to the way we did tonight than any of the other games he favours like it's organisation and it's people knowing their roles but I don't think that has to be defensive and I think you saw some of the attacking patterns we played tonight. I don't think I think that's an unfair ca- categorization of what he is as a manager as well. And and I think we will start to see that. I think now there's a confidence there. I wouldn't be surprised to see us in some of these other games. Maybe not at the Euros because I think even given the results we've had, we are going to be heavy outsiders in each of the three games. But I have a strong feeling we're going to probably um, win both the games at Hamden, and I think we're we're going to get to get through the group stage. I thought I'm doing yeah, but I've got supreme confidence in in him and the team. I, I think you can you can kind of understand why why someone who knows him a bit better might say that. Given, like I mean, his managerial career, as good as it's been, and the results have been have been at West a West Brom side who were largely expected to go down and and first of all were very good and then you know they kind of regressed to the mean a little bit, but. You, you can't really blame him for being a little pragmatic at West Brom. You can't really blame him for being a little pragmatic for taking a Kelly team who were bottom of the league and sorting out the, the, the defence first and then making them like a good team to watch and a, and a good, a, a very organised team going forward. And a Scotland team that were arguably the worst of the lot that you need to, you, you need to sort out some sense of organisation and discipline to the team so that you can do the attacking stuff. I, and sometimes I, that's what you're limited to at international football as well, just that, because that uh, yeah, limited I mean, time. We've, we've got two Mullerwell players in the team. Mullerwell are... Just on that though, I, I, I think one of the things that... The best thing for me about Steve Clark so far, and again on display tonight, is that players are turning up and they're they're playing their best football for Scotland it's been a very long time since we like, Scotland has Scotland have had good players for a number of years we've had players playing regular Champions League football or playing regular like a very good level in England largely but you know wherever it may be but we've had good players but when they've arrived for Scotland, we can't either fit them in a system or they look demotivated or for 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 whatever reason. Like David Marshall looked like he found another level. Declan Garrick, Gallagher looked like he found another level. Stephen O'Donnell looked like he. Uh, Declan Gallagher's looked like two them. different players this season. To be completely fair. different. Like even, but even like even like John McGinn, who was who is like fucking a, love John McGinn, a, a fan, fantastic player for Aston Villa. See like, that way he just every time he gets the ball, players, he just pivots on it. To turn him, to the direction of the goal, and sometimes he'll like, shuffle to like get him, past the player. I just love it. Sorry, Tom. Him, 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 both him and him and Christie, who are both like fantastic players for their club, seem to find like another ten percent for Scotland. And 
there's been a few players that have done that for over the last 22 years. I mean, James McFadden was the, like the ultimate example. He always used to turn up for Scotland to be better for Scotland than he was for whatever club Alan he was for. for. For a long time. Alan, you know, Alan, Alan Hutton played for Scotland for a whole year where he wasn't getting a game for his club. He, he never, I think he played like, there was a season where he played 10 games and they were all for Scotland. Um, <laughs> and and yeah, it's for all these guys that this has been done on their behalf now. Darren Fletcher, James McFadden, Alan Hutton, um, Davy Weir, all these guys, that, I don't know if Davy Weir didn't get to do it, but these guys that were exceptional for Scotland for such a long time and didn't do this, and this this group of players is carrying that for the squad now. Davy Weir was probably there in 98. Sure. I think he was, actually. Yeah. I, 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 I think he was, was probably bad. there in 86. But. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce, I just wanted to go back to, we were talking about David Marshall earlier, I really loved um, Darren Fletcher's bit Right then, as soon as the game had finished, it went to kind of Darren Fletcher had the first word, and he talked about the kind of arc that Marshall had had. And I just thought the whole coverage on Sky Sports was brilliant tonight. McFadden's been like Scotland's unofficial cheerleader in in recent months, and uh, both on the BBC and on Sky. And um, the two of them are just excellent pundits. They, they they do their work. They've got a really they've got a lot to say, and. They just had so much passion, and I don't know. I just thought it was brilliant tonight. I, I feel like I kind of fucked that. I was that that was going well, and then towards the end, I, I, I kind of shanked it a bit. But somebody picked yeah, up. The, somebody the, picked the, up that the, fumble. The, the sky coverage tonight, because a lot of these games, especially nation league games, they've essentially kind of had like a hybrid coverage where they've had like you know a couple of pundits from Scotland on, but also like Northern Irish pundits, and have almost been covering both games simultaneously at half time. So we've got the same half time show. Having that with Ailey Barber as well, because another person who you, you just know she's like so invested in this, it, it made such a big difference. Um, and I think the only thing we, that was missing was Alan McCoy on co commentary. Could you imagine him instead of Davy Proven doing that? But but no, they, they, they stepped it up, Sky, in terms of how we covered the game. And, and as I said before, like you, you think of these guys, uh, Fletcher and McFadden, like how you saw it at full time, how delighted they were to get there and you know that there will be a disappointment for both of them that they didn't get to do it while yeah. they were playing but like yeah. not a hint of jealousy or anything along oh. those lines or they're, they're yeah. fans first and foremost like yeah. they're two guys that live and breathe Scotland and I, it was so pleasing to see them be involved at least in some aspect of the coverage and as I say that there's so many of these guys that, that have not you know, not being able to get over the line. Kenny Miller was one I obviously missed off the list. Who they they've given so much for their country, and, and it's just so good to see a group of players finally get us over that line. I think it, there, there's a lot to be said in many ways for like unbridled, un like complete and utter bias. Like for for all the for all the years of listening to the World Cup, where you're like, all right, so we've got England against. I don't know Sweden or whoever it is with Clive Tildesley and Ian Wright and I don't know Jamie Redknapp or something like that and you're like well I'd kind of like to hear a, an unbiased bit of commentary about this but actually when the when the roles are reversed and you hear people that like they really care uh, like they're they, it's their country it's their team that are that are the, it matters and and I and I think it's it's the it's it's almost embarrassing that it's 2020 and it's the first time we've heard that where it's you know it's it's not just being called like it is it's being called passionately by people that really really care about and it really matters to and they're cutting back to the studio where they you know they will have all been on their feet and they'll all be sweating in exactly the same way as we are i think we've had a lot of coverage of you know discussion of Craig Telfer had a good discussion of it of like club TV coverage and I think this is a perfect example of it in terms of like you, you're fair and you call the game fairly that doesn't mean that you can't support one of the teams and that doesn't mean that like I would have been it would have been disappointing to not have people in the studio celebrating Scotland twin. there's not a Serbian watching this game as long as you're not being one-eyed and you know you know when um, a Scotland player like hacks down a Serbian player you're like oh it's not a free kick you're still allowed to want Scotland to win and there's no requirement for the, the commentary to be unbiased. As you said, we've heard a lot of the English doing it for, for long enough. It will be so good to be get to a major tournament and actually have to have our own commentators on games. Yeah. Like, like when we play England and, and presumably we will actually have... <laughs> yeah, I know. Co covering Again, the game. all these things haven't sunk in yet. <laughs> no, we, we, we've got... We've got 
all of this. We've got um, hopefully a Euro Championship special of you from the terrace. That's what I want to watch on the television. BBC commissioners, if you're listening, um, get sign them up. And I, it's 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 for me up there with Scotland uh, with Kelly winning the the Scottish Cup and the League Cup is the kind of three best moments of my football watching life in the sense that yes I was there when we beat Latvia but I was too young to understand it I was probably too young to understand us winning the Scottish Cup but for that League Cup winning and for this tonight it's 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 one of the best moments you know football wise and the, the Latvia one didn't have that. the 23 year wait either but well, yeah. exactly but it did for me because I don't remember any of the stuff before <laughs> it but, but, let, um, but, but to finish up let's talk about the actual moment that got us there the, the, the penalty shootout we were all we were all terrified and I was even more terrified after the first two penalties so Griffiths puts his away but the keeper gets a good palm on it and this is right after Ian Crocker informing the nation that he's a penalty expert a penalty saving expert which I don't know he's just doing his job as a as a commentator I'm not I'm not shitting on Ian Crocker but it was a horrible thing to hear as we were going into those penalties the first three penalties he died the right way and he got quite got a hand to the first two didn't he but the the last two he he, um, he got got nowhere near and then Griffiths uh, sorry and then who was I can't even remember who took Serbia's first penalty but it was just um, it was just technically great and it was out of uh, Marshall's reach and you just thought it was Tadic of course it was Tadic I think he put did he put it down the middle high and down the middle maybe it was and I just thought they just look it, it was the first three penalties actually I just thought they look way more technically gifted than us when it comes to taking uh, to, comes to penalties and I felt that some of ours were we scored all of ours I'm not criticising any of them but a uh, few of ten, ours were, uh, 10 penalties out of 10 for Scotland a couple of ours were sending the keeper the wrong way where the, those theirs were all out of the reach of the keeper and I was thinking fuck <laughs> this isn't going to go our well, way it, it, it was if anyone believed, if any Scotland fan listening to this genuinely believed they went to, when it went to penalties after that extra time and those substitutions and the way that that went in, that we were going to win on penalties. Well, I'll tell you, Tom, I won 170 quid because before the game, I put a tenner on Scotland to win on penalties. Well, you didn't cash out, did you? I, I, I looked, actually, I looked at the end of... Uh, Wait, was it? I think it was like two minutes before extra time finished, and it wasn't offering the cash out. So I don't know. Maybe maybe they just weren't I, offering it on that market. I mean, I, I have no doubt. Like I, I, Steve Clark is a meticulous coach. I have no doubt that he will have looked at all of these possibilities and looked at the possibility that will go to penalties, and you know, made sure that the players knew what they were doing with those. But at no point did I think that we were going to win on penalties and no point did I win I, I was waiting for the one uh, like you know, I said the full time we would but... Kenny McLean though like the, the balls are still for two two shootouts in a row to be on number five and he, to, to... I tell you what I was more confident in him scoring than any of the others I, I, I thought I, I like genuinely I had 100% no... confidence that he was scoring I even said it out loud I said well at least I know that Kenny McLean's scoring I promise I, I, I promise I, that I had, happened I had zero confidence and really? this is no reflection on uh, every single player that stepped up I'm like this I can see why I can see why they, they, if they no, missed for me if anybody it was McBurney McBurney was missing if anybody every single one like McTominay's missed the corner I can see why if oh, if he could put it then he's the scapegoat I can see why like Cal McGregor's not been great for a year if he misses <laughs> I can see why it's a, Lee Griffiths has only just come back I can see if he misses this is it like you know Kenny McLean came on as a sub and was meant to run down time I can see but, but none of them did none of them did the penalties were brilliant they were steely they were they were rehearsed I mean they must have been rehearsed and yes there's there's always an element of luck in penalties but you I, I think Steve Clark deserves a lot of credit because obviously there was part of that that was like we know that this is a possibility Um they knew how they were going to do it like you know he brought Griffiths on and Griffiths took the first one that was obviously part of the plan I it, it was steely it was cool the penalties were very good and it, it, I mean I, I'm never sure whether the best it, it, it's always nice as a viewer to, to to kind of take the first one so it's always on them it's always yeah, back yeah, on yeah. them but every single time, it. It went every sudden single death. time they took a penalty I thought they were going to score it went sudden death before it went sudden it. death 
Sorry, Craig. I think it's that it's on it in terms of the, the team scoring first does the team taking first does usually win. Statistically, both, yeah. Both of those shootouts we did take first and both of those shootouts we did win. Now that's not enough evidence on it, but but I think that is a thing, which is why UEFA did that weird ABBA thing that didn't take off. But no, like the, the it was very clear that we'd practiced penalties and it was very clear the the quality of our penalties was very high again. And yeah, as I say, I have so much, so much respect for Kenny McLean, who I think played pretty poorly when he came on, but that's two shootouts in a row to take number five. As a guy who, yeah, he's taking penalties for his club, I think I remember him taking a couple for Aberdeen, but it's not like he's Matt Letizia, who's got like an, a record of he's the best penalty taker about. Do you know what I mean? He's a guy who... Yeah, he was, he was, he was a solid penalty taker for Aberdeen when Adam Rooney didn't take them. Um like he, I think he may I think he only missed one he was a very solid penalty taker but by no stretch I mean the the last penalty in a five regardless is always like there's a very different sort of pressure and the best penalty think, takers always miss penalties at some point oh, it happens I, I at mean, some point James Tavernier misses a penalty at some point Ronaldo misses a penalty at some point I can't believe I've just put great, great, James great, Tavernier great, and Ronaldo great, in the same sentence great. Graham Alexander's the only one that, 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 that doesn't do it. And, and <laughs> Alexander, means, Alexander's the exception to the it rule. It's devastating to me that Graham Alexander um, had about 40 caps for Scotland and we never got a penalty once when he was on the park. So Graham Alexander had no goals for Scotland because there's not a guy who I would rather have. I would have had him on the bench tonight just in case. Um, <laughs> he may be 45 years old or whatever it is now, but um, it's just like, like all those lists of names and like, kind of I'm rambling about this now. All those guys who gave so much for Scotland is so they will all be so delighted, even though they're not there, that, that finally we've got it over the line. And it just means that in future going for tournaments, we no longer have this we haven't qualified for anything in fucking ages on our back. It's, so. it's amazing how much pressure that you think it okay, they fucked it tonight, but you think at Iceland, like they, they followed up, they, they hadn't ever qualified. They got to the um the last Euros um beat England, um and then immediately qualify for World Cup straight after that. It's amazing how much confidence this one qualification can, can give you. And I am hopeful now because we've now thrust ourselves, we should now be going on to win this year, Nations League group as well. And we're, we're putting ourselves in pole position for, for pretty much everything at this point. And so we need to build on this and, and we've got the people to do that. Yeah, I totally agree. Any, I think I think we're pretty much done here, guys. Does anybody have anything to add just before we we say bye and get out of here? I don't think so. Just um, I'm just I'm just watching. Just, I, I, my Andy it's, Robertson, I muted before we uh, before we started here. Is now starting to run on, and I can see him kind of getting <laughs> up as well. Cause, right, because apparently you can only wait for a, an hour or something for it to to go on mute, and so every every time I pause it, he starts playing again. All right. Uh, but but anyway, that 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 doesn't need to stay in the podcast, but it probably will. <laughs> this is the state that we're in at the moment. But um, well, I was going to edit out, but now that you've put that bit in, I'll probably just leave it. Yeah, uh, nobody, not everyone, everyone understands. We'll get this up, and, and everyone's going to be half cut by the time exactly. we listen. Nobody well. cares. Tom, Sorry, you were going to say something. I'm not usually as bad as this, but um, <laughs> uh, my first time drinking in three months as well, or more than that. So it's <sighs> a so time for uh, celebrating. My, my 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 summary is just I I love being a turtle. It feels like this this all feels very foreign and weird, and I didn't know my chin went this high. And um, we snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. And we never fucking do that. So I love you all. Right back at you, man. I I, I st- like I say, there's been various moments in this podcast where. I've noticed that it hasn't sunk in yet. Like, folk have noticed, uh, folk have mentioned um, naming a squad or something along those lines. And yeah, I don't know. We're going to be playing England in a tournament and we've got a fucking good chance of getting a result against them. Is that mad to say? Am I getting too drunk? Yes and no. And that's the best part of it. It it, it is mad, but it's it's not that mad. Right. That's the best bit. Let's leave it there before I go completely overboard. But uh, yeah, um, thanks for joining. I don't even know what I'm doing here. Cheers, guys. Just say bye. Bye. <laughs> see, see you in the, the Euros. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. Not going to do any kind of outro because you've seen how much of Shank just 
getting those guys to say bye but yeah we fucking qualified we've done it we've actually fucking done it sports social podcast network hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.